Everybody pretty much knows what real ones look like. So artists creating images of animals and birds better get the fur and feathers right, or we'll end up on a trip to the uncanny valley. But how exactly do they get them right? I don't know. But in this episode, 2234, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG bros, will be explaining, when they answer the commonly asked question, how are CGI fur and feathers effects created? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast. Welcome to this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a new listener to our podcast, welcome. If you're a returning uh, podcast listener, uh, it's great to see you again. In this episode of the CG Insider Podcast, uh, today we'll be answering another intriguing question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by Lori A. from San Diego, California, our own neighborhood we grew up in. And Lori asks, how are CGI fur and feather effects created? And by the end of our chat today, uh, we hope you'll have learned some interesting things about how computer-generated uh, fur and feather effects are created. Uh, we'll be giving you some brief history of how uh, fur and feather animation technology has grown over the years. And be sure to stay to the end of the podcast where we'll show you some of our favorite shots using CGI fur and feathers. I'm Bill Johnston, an industry veteran with uh, 23 years experience in 3D animation and digital VFX, uh, 19 of those in the console gaming industry, uh, working for such folks as Activision Blizzard and Sony Computer Entertainment. Uh, Sean? Yeah, and before that, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm uh, uh, Sean Johnson. I've been a professional CG artist and animator in video games for over 28 years. And uh, I started out as a 3D generalist, uh, actually creating everything, uh, textures and, and models and VFX and everything, but now pre predominantly just went into doing animation and uh, been doing that for quite a while. And so now um, I'm a full-time animation director at a, a startup company in Bend, Oregon. So really enjoying that. And uh, we are your hosts for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. And this so is a great a, fan question. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you asking it. Uh, you know, creating believable character animation, uh, and we've done some podcasts in the past on, on different aspects of, of character animation, and, you know, it it's continues to be uh, an elusive endeavor um, until more recently because of some of the advances in, in technology and some of the tool sets, uh, specific, specifically in areas of character animation. Uh, as well as lighting, uh, shading, and, and specifically, uh, especially, I should say, rendering technology. Um, the fur and feather animations uh, is really a subset of character animation, uh, which is the larger category. And, and uh, in the last couple of years, we've really been uh, seeing a lot of uh, computational power increases to really uh, create some really astounding uh, feather and fur creations. And that's based on multi-physics simulations, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But... Uh, Basically, that's kind of uh, uh, what we'll be discussing today. Well, let's let's start first for, with a little bit of history. Um, it goes back a ways. Uh, a little bit of about 1991 is probably the first computer animation uh, using a fur, and it was a particle system actually that was animated and inspired by a Japanese tale. Um, and this was called Fire Beasts. And I'll show if you can pin me right here, you can see a, an example of what it actually looked like. Um, back in 1991 when it was rendered. Very kind of interesting, uh, very, very spiky looking uh, fur. Uh, it was a iridescent fur, as a matter of fact, that they were using as a rendering uh, this particular look. And uh, it was uh, 
pretty, pretty interesting for the time. I mean, I mean, everything again, we've talked about, you know, going back in, in, in history and, you know, have warm feelings about looking at these things and being, you know, simply amazed by what we saw at the Aww. time. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, just, just amazing. And then of course the next one, uh, right around 1994, when it started progressing, we've got, uh, the Flintstones. That was actually the first, uh, photorealistic fur uh, CG animation used. I guess that's, uh, uh, you know, just, just like the actual cartoon where he throws out the cat and then the cat jumps in and lock, he gets locked out. Um, but that was, uh, an actual, um, uh, that particular algorithm that they used, even though today looking at that, it doesn't look like, you know, to me as, 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 as good as it could do, or as good as it is today, of course. But, uh, that algorithm, uh, calculated every movement of every single hair on, on that saber tooth. So I, I, that must've been incredibly, uh, intensive as far as calculating that. Well, yeah, they won't. They won't. Yeah, the, the side note is that it, you know, once it's created, it, you really don't know how long it took to create, and that's an, that's another thing. And a lot of the simulation work uh, that, that gets done, or a lot of the work in, in CGI fur and feathers, uh, at least in the old days, you know, the beginning days, was just such, and it still is today uh, as well. It's it's not a it's not an easy task to accomplish realistically. But you know, I think in the case of the Flintstones, there, you know, it wasn't meant to, you know, it's meant to be realistic enough uh, to, to pass, you know, it, it, I don't know how, how much, you know, there's, there's certain degrees of, of, you know, physical correctness and, and levels of simulation. I, I really, you know, unless you really have to simulate th something you don't, and that's, that's still true in Hollywood, they don't simulate it unless they have to. So unless the shots are really close up or you're going to see, you know, some type of wind on the fur, or, you know, some kind of force is being acted on the fur, then, you know, you can, you might choose a sep a different, you know, simpler fur system above one that you might have to simulate. Yeah, and I know over time they've they've uh, and going back to when we first started in the business and and then seeing something like in two thousand one when this particular uh, when Monsters Inc came out, you'd see you know the the, the advanced photorealistic CGI fur there, and I know that it took them a long time to groom um, Sully and get this this looking exactly the way they wanted. They went through a lot of iterations on this particular character, um, and and in, and in turn uh, you know the rest of the characters and then the actual uh, film itself. But I mean, it was, it's superly, it's super hard to, to, uh, like you were saying, intensive, um, calculations. And it's even today to get the light to, to look right. We talked about this in the hair, um, podcast last time. Um, you have to, the, the light bounces slightly different when you're doing fur versus hair because it's so close together and, and you want it to, you know, sh shadow correctly and you want it to bounce the light correctly. And there's a lot of calculations. And then there's, since you can't do every single hair, uh, physics wise, uh, it, it, you use these guides, um, to actually groom, um, bunches of, of hair to make it go in different directions. And so, and then if you do, if, if it's done, if it's not done correctly, it, it looks like it's CG generated because it's so perfect. And so you want to mess it up and you want to add noise to it and you want to add, um, uh, just, um, clumpiness and things like that, that normally would, you'd see with, with, uh, fur, uh, it's it's not so uniform. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I here's an example of that. Here's here's beaver fur, and you can see how kind of hairy it is. It's more more hairy than than furry, but you can see how close together. But you can see you know it doesn't all go the same way. Uh, it's it's different. Di all the hairs are different colors. You know the the shadowing is different on there depending on the you know this. It's got slight clumpiness. But here's you know contrast that with here rabbit fur. You know, you can see, you know, look at the clumps and you can see that it's more matted, you know, and right. it's, it's, it's thicker in the bottom and wispier at the top. 
Uh, here's an example of raccoon fur, kind of somewhere in, in the middle. But you can see the color gradations going through there. And it's, it's a very uh, interesting, you know, pattern. each animal has its own coat, if you will. And you can see, look at the pattern striations in here, how, how, they're, how it's actually broken up. This is in chinchilla fur. Mm -hmm. and so, you know, to make it easier for, for artists to try to replicate this and, and our, well, we, we've still got some history to go, I, I guess, Sean, do you want to finish on? No, 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 I'm, I'm so, pretty okay. much, I mean, it's, it, I'm, we're into today's, today's stuff. I mean, I could go into other things as well, but let's just keep going, uh, into that. So, um, keep showing what you're showing. It's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, basically, well, you know, hair, just uh, fur and feathers, just like hair is handed, handed, a lot of that work is handed off to effects teams, but you know, you talked about grooming earlier and that's really the key to, to creating believable fur is, is, is uh, getting a, a good, what's called a groom. And that's really how the fur is, is laid out on the character. Um, you know, if you get some, um, preset, you know, if you get some software today and they have fur and uh, capabilities to create fur, then, then you might come up with some, you know, they come with presets and here's uh, a fur, fur, you know, preset that comes in and you get a set of, of presets here. So you can, you know, it allows you to kind of quickly uh, build your own, uh, at least get into this fur system and see how the, the shader set up and see how the how the fur itself is, is set up. But it's a really great starting point and it's really helpful because I'll tell you what, uh, fur and feathers and hair, anything that requires any level of simulation and, and some complex shading, uh, it takes a, the learning curve is very steep on those. And so having these presets uh, is a really giant help in, in getting, you know, to, if you're creating this, getting to at least a, a starting point and getting to where you want to go from there. There was also uh, Hoop Animation did a, did a film, if you could pin me here quickly, I, since you're still talking about fur, we're not having gotten to feathers yet. Hoop Animation, uh, this particular uh, film that they did, uh, we actually have it on our, on the CG Bros channel as well, is where they did King Kong versus Godzilla. And if you look at um, King Kong's fur, the the whole system of, of um, how they rigged this thing, and in fact, they had a whole thing on how to make a short film on basically no budget. And they, if you go to their YouTube channel, Hoop Animation, H-U-P-E, really, really interesting. And so they show... Um, and I guess they're, they're former, some, some guys worked at ILM, some guys worked at, um, geez, uh, all the different, uh, some of them, Pixomondo, I believe, and some other uh, great uh, studios. But they worked together just to do this kind of as a piece they wanted to work together as a team and do in their, in their spare time. So um, this particular thing where they have these wires, basically guide wires, where they, where they used, um, in fact, I believe they used XGen on this one, uh, which comes with Maya. And... Um, I believe they also did some uh, unique uh, things where they used end cloth to do some of the simulation of a skin underneath it. Because although we're doing, you know, you're 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 trying to make um, the fur look as as natural as possible and not CG generated, you also ha it also moves according to what the skin's doing underneath. And so they did it like an end cloth, almost like a pajama uh, top that the King Kong was using or you know wearing, and um, they, they uh, simulated the muscle, um, you know, stretching and, and sliding across the muscles and while he was pounding around and it, it changes what the fur is doing. And then they had physics in the fur and pretty, pretty amazing what, what you can do on basically no budget. I mean, they had no budget for this. It was just their time that they spent. I believe it was almost like a year or eight months, something like that. But uh, check them out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and if you here's an example of some of that. Uh, I mean, if you don't, we we talked about how lighting uh, is is crucial to some of this, and a lot of the the the, you know, the materials team works really hand in hand with the lighting team to to colorize and shade the different patches and patterns on the on the the, the fur 
is made up from. Um, and you build in different physical characters to give the fur at least some kind of minimum level of realism. Oh, this is a little bit of feathers. Here, let me uh, I'll show that. That's a, a cool. Second. That's a cool shot. But, yeah, but uh, they were basically were can in hand because it, uh, even in simple set, setups of fur, uh, you have to really be get the the, the shader right because the, the way the light reacts, uh, it has to, to to act properly with the laws of physics um, to to really sell the characters as being quote real. Uh, and if you don't, we've talked about you know the consequences of that, which is you know you get into the uncanny valley, and we all want to kind of avoid that if we can. Um, but they're so yeah. So basically, those the fur is 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 geometry. I mean, you're right. I mean, you're seeing you're seeing tubes really. And, and in fact, what's interesting too is is hair and fur are slightly different, um, even in the geometry of 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 how the actual fur is. So if you look at the micro level, it doesn't look it looks different than like a, a person's hair. And so it has to behave the right way. It has to look the right way. And, and um, when you're modeling it too, and like you said, you're using those guide wires or guides um, to, um, to influence areas of that fur and kind of like you said, grooming, um, they, they need to, um, need to behave and, and look exactly, you know, or different than, than hair does. And it's a lot, a lot uh, harder to do, I believe. Um, but they're getting, I mean, to the point now, I mean, I, I think everything looks some of the, some of the stuff I've seen, especially on some of the studios, they've they've made uh, advances like crazy. I mean, for example, I can show you Dexter Studios. Of course, uh, you've seen Life of Pi, probably a lot of people have seen that. But Dexter Studios in in Korea, South Korea, they they do an amazing amazing work, and they used um, they did some guerrilla work early on on I believe it was Mr. Go, um, their their film that they worked on. But this particular tiger here in this shot, I mean, it's. It looks really real. I mean, it, the the fur on this thing it's really tight. It it uh, behaves naturally along with the, the skin and the muscle underneath it. Um, I, they just did such a fantastic job. I'd like to actually see this movie. This this tiger. Look how it's climbing up on these really really high platforms and, and behaving in the animated the animation in there is is just top notch in my opinion too. Yes, and that's I think one of the real challenges with creating realistic fur and uh, well, at least some around fur and feather animation as well is is basically you know uh, if you have good reference then you can you can get some some pretty good uh, results uh, especially if you have real animals that you can reference like if you if you got to create a CG creature or something and you can reference a real animal and kind of lean into what the subtle differences are especially you know if you've got good video reference of that you can go and actually look at them yourself but it's better to have it on video because you can actually animate to the video. Um, you know, and you can actually see the way that, you know, the, the light scatters over their fur with, the, you know, when the, when the sun's behind them or, or if it's moving in the wind, which you can kind of see in the, in the lion video that I showed just a, a few seconds ago. But uh, having good reference material is really great. And if you're doing something like a dinosaur or something more fantastical creature or something, of course, you don't have that reference. So it becomes, you know, a lot more challenging, of course. To, uh, but that just means you have to. You know, really well, look at your images for today. that you're creating and make we sure, sure hope you've enjoyed the CG bros answer to the question. Right. And that's kind of what I was talking about as far as the, the learning curve and, 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 and just the resources required to, to If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the well, super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following 
joining us on our channel, when it first started, the subscribe like 320 button. or something Subscribing like that, is free. Or 480 uh, resolution, and so you'll you can be barely see what's going on. But now, with high HD also, and high res 4K, 8K, whatever, you can see media. so many, if you're so much more detail of everything. So for your reference, especially. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends that they too enjoy the audio version of Spotify, Feathers are a lot trickier to do uh, because their feathers are actually a lot more complex than people realize. Uh, you know, they're 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 uh, and creating the animation for feathers is is an extremely it still is a really hard thing to do and and I you know we won't kid you about that but you know I wish there was a click uh, uh, add feathers button or something. Um, and if you guys find one of those, let me know. But let me just show you a quick pick right here of what, you know, think, look at this. Um, a feather is an incredibly complex set of geometry as opposed to say a, hair, a fur or hair, which is complex unto itself, but it's a long hair basically with hairs growing out of it with hairs on those. Right. And that's all data, Sean, that has to be described to the computer. You know, in order for the renderer to render render it out physically, uh, and and if you think once you describe that geometry to the computer, okay, then multiply that by the number of feathers on the character, and then on top of that, you have to simulate all those feathers from to, you know to keep them from interpenetrating. They have to roll off each other and and slide off each other naturally, and keep from interpenetrating each other um, and other objects for that matter. Um, you know, and 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 then react. Put on top of that. How they react to forces like wind and rain and snow and stuff like that is incredibly uh, an ama amazing uh, and complex and, and resource intensive process to simulate uh, feathers. Right. And then you like you were saying earlier or earlier about, uh, you know, actually animating it based on what you see in real life. So, I mean, this this particular reference is, is of a rigged uh, bald eagle. Uh, by Alexander Beam. He's on, on YouTube. He's got a channel there that's got lots of um, uh, examples of how, how he does his rigging and, and, and things like that. But you've, you've gotten here all these different control points or control uh, in, this, in this particular rig where you're controlling all the different bones. And then you're, the, he, further down here, you can see how he opens up the actual wings and the wings um, have feathers upon feathers. So you have your larger ones, obviously, and then your smaller ones that are going around it. But all that stuff has to be rigged and influenced correctly. And then on top of that, like you said earlier, they'd probably do some, the animators would animate the actual wings opening and closing. Then you'd add, you know, physics on top of that for, for wind. And then um, obviously for anything that's in your environment for uh, water or things like that you want, now you're going to have to add the shader stuff on top of that. And it's got to look wet. Um, there's a lot of, it's, it's, there's a lot of shortcuts, obviously, if you're going to be doing video games versus film. Um, I think uh, you, you've got to you've got to shortcut a ton of different things. That's what I would do. I would I would probably off the shelf use as much free stuff as possible that comes with your package, whatever that is, 
and um, and I would and I would kind of just um, and then you know you've got to think about the rendering and how long that would take to do um, you know based on you know if you're using Redshift using V-Ray or any of those other renderers those those aren't free and so it it, it gets expensive um, to, to so do it sounds like, like a, with feather setups the rigging team has a lot more input because of the the feathers I mean when you when when, when you sp- spread your wings or something you have to you know, basically that has to be rigged that's part of the rig yeah is how how that how the, all the how the fingers they're basically fingers extension of the of the of the of the wing uh and and so all those happen well, here's a great example so here well let me just here's a here's a, a bunch of different and there's different feather types and you can see the different feather types here i just kind of threw that in there so you can see they're different colors they're different textures they're different you know numbers of th- of of, of uh, I'm not even, I'm going to call them tendrils, the, the hairs that come off each feather. Right. And if you were to magnify this, and as you did in the sparrow one, you can actually see the, ha- see the hairs on the hairs. And you can see even in the color differences. And, uh, you know, this is where shading is really complex. You know, try to simulate that, you know, once you get the, the physical simulation and the rig set up properly, then there's the, comes the shading and the lighting and the rendering uh, of that. And you can see here, I mean, iridescence is a really big quality in the, in, in, in the feathers of, of a lot of, you know, not just birds, but reptiles as well, and bugs for that matter. That's almost but, another level <laughs> of shading, it is. right? And, and, and trying to, yes, it's it's a whole different algorithm. It's a whole different level of, co- of computations. And it's it's really a complex system that causes these. Here's a pigeon. You can kind of, and we've all kind of see that. But here's here's a really interesting one. Uh, this is of a crow. And we think of them as black, but when the, this is really... Uh, an, an amazing uh, reference picture that kind of shows how the uh, principles of iridescence and, and how that works. And a lot of people don't know what makes feathers look like this, but when they react to light, but uh, it's basically a result of uh, the refraction, it's called a refraction of incident light actually, um, caused by the microscopic structures that I was talking about. They're called barbules mm-hmm. uh, actually on the feathers. And that's, it works like a prism and breaks up, splits up that light into in the colors we're seeing here. Yes, and, and back to the rigging real quick. Um, uh, one of my favorite, um, uh, I think probably one of the best ones besides Rio. I thought Rio was really great as a film reference for feathers. Um, and their their parrots and, and other birds are really well done. But uh, I think Legends of the Guardians, the owl, um, Gahul, right? The owls of Gahul. That was really, really good. You know, I didn't even know that was directed by Zack Snyder. That was, you know that? That's that a great movie. Yeah, I mean, but I think they did such an amazing job um, with with their with the look, and they had the the wet look I was talking about because they're flying in the rain too, and the different owls here, you can just see how there's softness of different feathers, and then the hardness of of some of the bigger ones, and and everything in between. Uh, I thought they did an amazing job on that that film. Uh, it just it, it blew me away, um, and and then of course they were talking about how. Each type of owl, they, their modelers basically created 60 primary feathers and then 24 for each wing, 12 for the tail. And so then they, they rigged all those things up. And I mean, there was just, uh, it, there's so much on top of it that they just, they, they layer and layer and layer and layer. Um, it, it's, it's, it blows me away. And it's actually crazy. <laughs> How much? Well, you know, what's really interesting is we we've come a long way in figuring out what goes into figuring these things out. We can simulate all that stuff, and and we've got we've come up with some really interesting lighting uh, algorithms and stuff, and, and that that kind of govern that physical light. Um, but uh, you know, for real, they, they've actually started coming out with some real time uh, stuff. Here's a here's a great example. Uh, it's called Mercat. It's from Unreal, and basically. Uh, it, it uses real-time lighting and rendering of, of the fur and feathers uh, in both direct and indirect uh, lighting conditions. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's called, and they're using an approach called uh, path tracing, 
which uh, requires a massive amount of computational resources, as, as we've talked about. But these, the, the, the gaming systems and engines of today can, can handle that level, uh, at least at a, at a minimum. And you can see the results here are quite impressive. Um, so they can be eliminated by sunlight and it's shadowed by trees. And, and at the same time, maybe they're walking under a canopy of the jungle and, and, or, and maybe they're, underneath them is a pond. And so you can see the reflection in the pond. All those things have to do with the light physics and the ability of the game engine to compute them. Yeah. And, and, uh, and on top of that, uh, the number of feathers, and that's what we were talking about, have, you know, the number of the, the level, the, the, the quantity of geometry that has to be rendered. And that's right. where you were talking about where you take shortcuts and you know, right. gaming, but this still looks quite impressive. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's you know grown procedurally too. Like for example, that like I was telling you about the um, uh, the movie uh, that uh, Zack Snyder's movie. Um, that particular movie, uh, Guardians, they they actually had um, a bunch of interpolated um, uh, feathers that they were doing in between the guides, and so those are about I think they they mentioned something like twenty five thousand feathers just from those guide feathers, and then. They had like almost like 4.6 million individual curves that they're using along with the, you know, to, to get it to, to perform correctly and look look right. Um, so, you know, that that's impressive that Unreal actually can do that. Um, you know, not the, not the uh, 4.6 individual curves, but I'm just saying the uh, that thing you just showed was was really beautiful. Wow. Yes, and that was, the, they partnered weight on that. So they used some way to. Uh, tools uh, to to help get that accomplished. Uh, uh, well, you know, and speaking speaking of software, you know, it, 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 uh, you know what it'd, it'd be hard to say what would be considered the standard software to to work with for creating fur and feather effects, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I. Well, I mean, I, I would go free. Uh, you know, Xgen. Um, obviously, there's or Natrix. That's pretty cool, and they actually that actually works with Maya. You know, C four D Max. Um, I, they don't, I don't think they have it for, um, um, you know, anything else at this point, but I know that unreal is coming soon. They're currently working at a closed beta, so you can actually, uh, create it there, feathers and fur and hair and, and bring it right into unreal. Yeah. I think most of the, uh, 3d software packages today have some kind of tools for creating some kind of hair and fur, uh, and feather animation. Um, as a shave and haircut, you can do a lot of, you can do some really great fur work in there. Uh, Yeti is, you know, we've talked about that in a past podcast as well. Um, and Houdini has some really amazing yeah, we didn't fur yeah. and feather setups, uh, system setups uh, there, which, you know, even Blender has some really useful tools for creating fur and, and feather animation. So definitely. And it's free. Up, right. And check, you know, check them out. So, yeah, definitely. Well, gosh, uh, I think we're we're all out of time. Um, thanks again for being part of our podcast today. And, and we want you to know we do them just for you exclusively for you and, and we really had fun um answering uh, Lori's question and uh how are cgi fur and feather effects created and uh we hope you learn something new along the way or uh you know you gotta lean, learn something new every day I, I like i like how you said that last time i want to start using that bill uh we really enjoyed our conversation hope you did too and uh, you know share it around with people uh that you know your friends people that are not your friends share it with everybody Hit the like button too, because it helps you to find other people just like you um, with their algorithms and who are interested in CGI VFX related stuff that we talk here on the podcast. Absolutely. And by the way, if you've got a subject that you'd like us to discuss in one of the podcasts, if we spurred your imagination, definitely let us know about it by going to our website at thecgbros.com, up to the About Us tab, and over to Ask Us Anything drop down, just like Lori did. Uh, we're always looking to improve our podcast and would really like to know 
what you think of our podcast. So please leave us a comment below. And if you do, uh, while we can't guarantee it, you might hear your name and your comment in one of our future podcasts. Uh, also, in case you didn't know, uh, we bring you a brand new edition of the CG Insider podcast every single week. And we discuss all things having to do with computer graphics, uh, digital VFX, computer animation, as well as other interesting and related topics. Also, be sure to check out uh, CG Barrow's uh, YouTube channel because there are amazing state-of-the-art, I don't know if you need this, CGR short films, and they're, uh, we have a plethora of different types, too. So anything from, um, gosh, uh, sci-fi to um, comedy Romance. to drama, everything. So um, those are created by the most talented new media producers and studios out there today. Also, uh, we show some really amazing breakdowns, uh, before and afters and making of, so check those out. And we're really looking forward to next week's podcast. We'll be answering another great fan question. How are hand-drawn techniques used in CGI? Now, that's interesting. That is going to be really interesting, John. I that's agree. what I just said. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see you here next week.